Did that just happen? Did that just fall off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's our cold open. <laughs> You know, it was back in like the end of quarter three, I think it was, you know, large companies starting to make their like, you know, their annual reports, you know, the shareholders meetings are happening, CEOs are, are delivering financials to everybody. And you started seeing a lot of information coming out about the purported failure of the plant-based food and bev industry hmm. and particularly startling was uh you know beyond beyond meats it was called beyond foods yeah beyond, or beyond meat or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck it's called mm -hmm. the parent company of yeah, beyond meat yeah. yeah beyond uh you know lost like 90 percent of their market cap in a really short period time um you know, McDonald's had launched the Mick plant in 2022 and like pretty quietly pulled it off the menu like less than a year later. Well, I don't really it, eat at McDonald's, but I don't, I never heard of it or saw it. Yeah. So that says something. Yeah. People didn't want it. Um, you know, we've impossible food, same thing. Like all of these companies are just, you know, you may see a lot of shelf space dedicated to them, you may read a lot about it in the in the media, but nobody's really buying the stuff, or at least the you know the, it's the the market's um, far more tempered than than expected. Maybe there was yeah there was a greater hype around them that hasn't really translated to um, sustained repeat purchase. Mm -hmm. And well, and there was also some some you know information that came out about like some of the components of these foods that they were putting in like you know different dyes and things to make them look pink like meat and like you know you have to do a lot to make whatever a black bean or a lentil or something look like beef you have yeah. to process it heavily and and i think hopefully people are waking up to an extent that it's the processing of things that the further it gets from its whole food state the less nutritious value it has for you so I think they relied on like marketing by subtraction to 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 generate interest in their products, being that like the whole reason you should buy these things is because it's not meat, mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then and then they realized that like that's like not working, so they started adapt adapting ways to uh, you know make it more like meat, you know make to make it bleed or to like you know to make it taste taste more you know have a consistency a texture mm -hmm. more like a beef patty would mm -hmm. you know and it just doesn't seem like that's really bearing fruit for those companies yeah so then you know you have a a pr campaign a really good one in the you are what you eat documentary in the stanford twin study and all that that detailed and all of the same kind of you know parroted arguments that it presented and every, you know, registered dietitian with a fucking LinkedIn account or Instagram account or whatever talking about how incredible uh, this, you know, this, 
you know, this information is and, and how it's all a must watch without really like any shred of analysis of, of the study itself or, you know, digging deep into what those, what that, what, what the biases were in that, in that film or, or in that paper. So you have all of that. And then you have this bubbling up out of that right after all, right after that movie came out, I started seeing a ton of media about lab cultivated meat. Hmm. 3d printed steaks and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Yeah. I mean, kind of, you know, I mean, these are industrially processed. I mean, in, in very sophisticated labs, very expensive to, to make these things. They've been working on cultivated meat for a decade now. You know, but what they were realizing was people, people wanted, you know, people who are eating plant-based, you know, doing it for, you know, climate reasons, doing it for health reasons, doing it for ethical reasons, whatever reasons they come up with. And, and I'm not knocking an individual for believing those things. I'm knocking the system who's lying to the individual about the impact that that's actually, you know, positive or negative. Like, you know, we get a lot of, a lot of falsehoods spread about the negative impact of eating meat. And we get a lot of uh, misinformation spread about the, the benefits of eating plant-based. And, you know, so that's, that's just, that's, that's the wheels just churning the wheels of, 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 capitalism churning. Um, but people who are buying plant-based meat alternatives, uh, you know, alt meat, they want, they, they want a meat experience. So they are, and, and it, it, the, the cultivated meat takes the, the cruelty out of it. You know, it gives you in theory, the same experience without all of the negative impacts. However, the negative impacts are, are pretty obvious so far. I mean, for one, do you know what it costs to, to make at this point, like a, a kilogram of lab cultivated meat? I have no idea, but it, how much? So the big problem right now is uh, so the, the medium to make some of this meat, it's like a reagent that they use. Like a, it's like a cell culture media. costs like almost $400 a liter. And takes about 1,200 liters to make a kilogram of meat. Oh, my God. So we're talking like almost a half million dollars. To make a kilo of meat. Yeah, they're like not exactly accessible to like the average, <laughs> the average grocery oh, shopper. What? <laughs> you know? What? So, <laughs> a kilogram for people that are working in the imperial system. Just about the same weight as what? Maybe a pair of shoes. 2.2 2. 2 pounds of meat. A pair right? of shoes. Is that yeah. Right? Is yeah. that what a kilo is? 2.2. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So for the same amount of meat, I can go to the co-op right now and buy two pounds. Let's call it three pounds of ground beef raised right here in Montana, grass fed, grass finished for $21. Totally. And that, that takes into account the cost of raising that animal, right? Like the farmer, the rancher had to make a profit to sell that product, Right. It tastes delicious. It offers all of the benefits that you're hoping for from a nutrition standpoint. Um, it's 
unequivocally better for the environment. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because now I'm thinking, okay, well, this reagent that that they have to use to to create this cultured lab meat, like that, has to be made somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if this is an if this is a an environmental climate conversation, what are the byproducts of the production of that product? How much energy is consumed throughout this whole process? If it takes 1,200 liters of a reagent to make a kilogram of meat. What's what's the cl- what's the carbon footprint of that process? I mean, yeah, the labs <laughs> yeah. I've worked in, you can buy some of these mediums um, already mixed. Lots of times you're buying, lots of times you know these are sensitive cultures you're working with. Sometimes you're buying different reagents from all over the country and world and mixing them into a, a cell culture medium. So and they all I mean, have to be they all have to be shipped. To they all come in plastic bottle. Yeah, I mean, there's untold <laughs> countless. Uh, volumes of CO2 emitted in order to, you know, <laughs> to bring this stuff to market. Oh my God. Uh, but and, it feels better because it's just a clump of cells. Yeah. And the FDA, you know, has uh, in their the FDA and USDA and, and their expedited regulatory pathways that they've, um, you know, really rolled out on mass over the last four years. Are they uh, using emergency use authorization <laughs> to make this lab grown meat? Yeah. I mean, they've, they've approved cell cultured chicken for sale. Um, I don't know that the, the beef has been, or I don't even want to call it beef. I mean, we'll just keep going. We should come up with an alternative. Uh, fatty for meat paste. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's good. That's the worst marketing I've ever heard. Let's continue to call it that. So, yeah, I mean fatty meat paste. So they're they're going to they're they're absolutely what what they're doing right now because no one is buying the the plant burgers um, because no one has figured out like how to to make fatty meat paste uh, you know economically feasible yet. Guess what they're doing? They're going to blend them together. They're going to fucking blend oh, them together, dude. So. <laughs> it's the box wine equivalent of meat imitations. So, yeah, there's a company out, um, company that called Sci Fi. Um, I would never buy food from a company called Sci Fi. <laughs> That's a bad, bad idea. That's like Sci Fi also makes the machine in Star Trek or whatever that, like, just like, you know, materializes your food right there in front of you. Yeah, well, Sci-Fi is doing a, a 90-10 mix, plant plant to fatty meat paste. Oh God! And that, like, I, I like in the future, like, that's that's how we're that's how we're gonna that's how they want us to refer to our meat. You know, like now it's 90-10 lean to fat. Like, I'm next. so upset by this. <laughs> just the extent to which humans feel compelled to just fuck with nature for God knows what reason. When, when you read, we just need to learn to leave it well enough alone and just like, just, just, just work in concert with nature. Right. Like it's, it's just ridiculous to me to think that people would say something like, Oh, like animals don't want to die. Well, of course animals don't want to die, but they will eventually. Yeah. And when they do, if it's in the wild, they're going to be eaten alive, torn limb from limb by some predator versus Killed very humanely, and at least in a, you know, regenerative perspective. Or if you're hunting, anyway, I don't want to get off on a, on a tangent there, but it's just this. Oh yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna keep going like over time and and continue like revisiting this. I just the the arguments are so flimsy, and circular, 
from from some of the you know some of these executives of these companies. I mean, I I I saw a little hot take from the Impossible Foods CEO, who again, that, remember that you are what you eat was a an advertisement for Impossible Foods, Beyond Meat, and Miyaki's Creamery. Like the three, the, the those three brands were featured so prominent. I've never seen brands featured so prominently in a documentary. Mm. Is and, there any evidence that they uh, contributed to the? Oh, the, oh, totally. They they paid to uh, be in well. A, Beyond a part of it. Meat supports, uh, you know, supported Christopher Gardner's research, mm. um, and the production company that uh, that that did the whole thing has a long history of of supporting. Uh, plant-based diet research. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a quote from the head of impossible foods saying something along the lines of like, you know, humans haven't figured out how, how to scale beef production from, uh, from carbohydrates or, so, or from plants or something like that. And it's like, bullshit, dude, the cattle is like the most elegant processor of, of cellulose into, uh, you know, if the, the cattle can process things that we can't yeah, and turn it into everything that we need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then, and then you look at, like I saw another quote from, from this guy who, who runs sci-fi and he says, you know, climate change has, has led to dust bowl conditions in the Midwest. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, what is really leading to the dust bowl conditions in the Midwest are monocropping corn, soy, and wheat, which have an inflated value because we are feeding them to animals that shouldn't be eating it. Mm. Yeah, imagine if you turn a vast majority of the you know the the land that is monocropping those three cash crops and turn it back to grassland. What would happen at that point for climate change? You know, that's a huge carbon sink. <laughs> it's a huge carbon sink. And you wouldn't be spraying, uh, you know, uh, artificial, you know, chemical fertilizers and pesticides all over it. And cows can eat that grass. And they can, as you said, very elegantly turn something that we can't process, grass, into something that is like one of the most rich, nutrient-rich bioavailable foods that we know of. And I only say that because we've only been on Earth. And maybe there's something better on another planet who knows probably i mean may, maybe there is but probably not i mean the the there's space I'm, cows dude I'm, I'm sure space, space cows dude space cow probably is fucking so good probably so good um, imagine a cow raised in zero gravity just the perfect marbling <laughs> <laughs> probably be really fatty actually well i i'm going to call i i think that we should we should follow the lead of italy you know hungary just announced that they're probably going to going to do the same Let's fucking ban cultivated meat. Fuck cultivated meat, dude. Dude, lab cultured anything is dubious if you ask me. Mm -hmm. You know I'm reluctant to want to rely on the government uh, prohibition of things. I, I think that prohibitions create black markets. We saw it happen in the uh, in the 20s with you know the prohibition of alcohol. Okay, we well, let's today how about we just don't? How about? But sorry, I think, I, but I think that mm. raising these points creating this conversation is going to have a, a grassroots effect on the failure of the industries that would rather see lab cultured meat than 
humanely raised, regeneratively raised beef and other, you know, sources of, of animal protein for human consumption. To me, to me, it's, it's all consumer driven. Once people found out they're putting these weird colorings and chemicals and shit into Beyond Burger, the stock tanked. I mean, once people realize, well, it doesn't really taste that good. The stock tanked the product, like the, the proof is in the pudding literally. And I think it's really that people have been very carefully propagandized to believe that their dietary choices are, are going to cause the end of the planet. And I think that there are some really sound scientific minds and, and powerful voices with, huge platforms that are completely shredding that narrative. And anyone who's in any way intellectually curious and honest is digging into these arguments and realizing that, like you said, they're extremely flimsy. You poke around a little bit and, and the inconsistencies are just everywhere. So to me, it's, it's, it's happening. We don't need the government to ban anything. Well, and thank God those folks are out there doing it. The big problem and the, and the, the way it needs to stop, I mean, the funding has to dry up. You know, like how many untold billions of venture capital dollars have been, have gone into impossible beyond, have gone into just the R and D phase of this cultivated meat thing. You know what? You know? I, I mean, so many, so many true. And, and, and just to make a follow-up point on this, uh, to me, that's fine. That's fine. Cause those are private funds going to fund something that the investors see profit potential in. What I think is inexcusable is that uh, when there is government subsidy that distorts the market, right? I mean, if you have the government subsidizing wheat, soy, and corn, then you're not, you don't have a fair price discovery mechanism to learn how expensive those commodities would be in, a, in an open market, right? And so, I mean, if you have government grant funding or something going to studying lab cultured meat, for example, I mean, that may be all well and good in the, in the research phase, but it's the same thing that happens in with like with green energy. You have all of these projects propped up by government money that you come back and realize aren't profitable. They don't have the, the sustainability financially to actually make them a viable business. You know, you're seeing this with, with, with EVs, right? Big manufacturers like Ford, you know, and Chevy who have put just billions of dollars and have staked everything on making EVs the future of their brands are coming back and saying the demand just isn't there, right? The proof is not in the pudding and it's been distorted. Money is just untold amounts of money have been wasted because of these sort of like centrally planned initiatives that we have to do this. We have to go this way. We have to change the world for the better because the climate, because ethics, because whatever. It's all bullshit. Oh, dude, that's how we fucking got here. Like the the Agzar, I forget his name, but the Agzar during the, the Nixon era, you know, basically told every farmer, like, get big or get the fuck out. And so they all turned to... Corn, soy, wheat, you know, big ag monocropping, which has gotten us to this point. And so the reason I brought up the VC thing is, is kind of a, you know, I, I would like to, you know, I think the imperative should be like, let's, because we're not going to, we're, we're probably not going to be able to change the government funding side, the, that shenanery very easily yet. We've got a ways to go there. But what we can do is compel, you know, some of these private funds to put that money into areas that, you know, are going to, the people, people are demanding that we, that we look at regenerative ag, 
you know, people are demanding to know that their food ate what, you know, nature intended it to, you know, people do want this stuff. Yeah. You know, we need, we need a, a critical mass of individuals who are demanding it from the fast food restaurants, from, you know, from the gas stations. Um, but again, nobody's demanding cultivated meat and it doesn't really appear like anybody's demanding, you know, plant-based meat alternatives. And yet venture dollars continue to get funneled into, to those areas. So let's look at where, let's look at, let's like, let's talk, let's see what consumers really want. Right. Yeah. But that, the problem with that though, Griff, is that you can't control what consumers want. Consumers could want something that's bad for the environment. And if that's the case, then you can't save the environment if you think it's dying. Like, like to me, th this is, this is the argument that's made time and time again, right? People are stupid. That is the viewpoint of the, the, you know, expert class, right? That, that think that what they know is better informed than what the average person knows. And, and maybe that's true in certain instances. And we do have to rely on people who, who, who are specialized in their fields, but it's become so clear. I feel like in the last maybe four years, let's say since COVID that the expert class is absolutely full of shit and are so captured and are so willing to sacrifice the truth in pursuit of reputation, uh, status, money, just not getting canceled, get continuing to get funding for their lab. Like it's a really sad thing because I think you see a lot of really, really qualified academics, scientists, you know, researchers getting swept into this river where they almost can't get out of because the political and the, the economic incentives within it require them to follow the narrative, the prevailing narrative from where they're getting their funding and they're getting their funding from, I don't know, the, the, the international, you know, bodies that want to push their agendas. It's a sad thing. And, and, and I don't know, I mean, we need, we need more independent researchers. We need more independent labs. We need more individuals who believe in, in the alternative to the narrative, right? The return to some of these, these natural processes to put their money where their mouth is, whenever possible and fund research that's actually honest. And, and I'm thankful that we're seeing some of that. And we're also seeing it anecdotally. And you, you say it all the time, you know, anecdotal evidence is, is good evidence. And we're seeing ranchers and that are able to turn what used to be monocrop farms or whatever it's soil, you know, completely depleted of, of nutrients into places that are really rejuvenating where they have, you know, bird species returning and, you know, they're, they're, becoming really powerful examples of, of what can be done when, when these sorts of things are put into practice. And it's, it's good to see, but we certainly are only scratching the surface in terms of balancing the scales monetarily. So, yeah, I mean, thankfully, you, you, thankfully we've got things like, have you heard of the citizen science foundation? I've not. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's a started by the guys that are doing a lot of that lean mass hyper responder stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you've, you have, like you said, this growing distrust from a large swath of the population. People don't trust nutrition researchers. People don't trust, 
you know, they're, they're trusting, trusting dietitians less and less, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to start seeing people taking this stuff into their own hands. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's a beautiful thing for sure. It's just, hopefully we can, you know, defeat the powers that be with, with our common bond. Yeah. Well, on that note, as I told you earlier, I just sent in my, my blood sample for my, my Cyfox. I don't know if we want to give them a, a shout out or not. They're, they're not an advertiser. So I think what we should do, um, when you get those results back, uh, which hopefully will be by the time we, we have our next, Should uh, be. Yeah. yeah. So when you get those back, we're going to talk about them. We'll dig into that. Um, and that'll also be, uh, at that point, people will also be able to, uh, access our sub stack, which will be a bunch of basically expanding upon all of the things that we talk about and going a little deeper and maybe talking about some other fun stuff. So, um, you're going to, yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's leave the people wanting something. Yeah, and, well, yeah. and I think digging into your blood work, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm salivating right now. It's a little creepy, but, uh, <laughs> not surprising coming from you. No, I'm excited to, uh, you know, I'm willing to, to donate my personal biological information to the public for the good of science. What a guy. Yeah. Listen, listen to the, with some redaction perhaps, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> no, we're going to open it. We're going to go live as soon as, that, as, soon as those live results stream drop. the results. That's right. Put them on WikiLeaks. All right. Well, hell yeah. Well, thanks dude. Um, Thanks to anybody listening for subscribing, liking, telling everybody about how fucking hilarious and, and awesome and good looking we are. Um, and hopefully we brought a little bit of value to your day and we look forward to bringing you a lot more. Thanks everybody. Thanks Griff. <laughs>